The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save the dates? The first Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the best Welcome to the Voice of Search Podcast. Today, we're going to hear about SEO localization and intent from one of the leading companies in the payments and finance industry. Joining us is Sebastian Edgar, who is the global SEO lead at Square, which is a company that builds common business tools in unconventional ways so more people can start, run, and grow their business. And today, Sebastian and I are going to discuss website localization. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Sebastian Edgar, the global SEO lead at Square. Sebastian, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Ben, hey, man. Thanks for having me back. Great to be on. Excited to have you back on the show. I was mentioning to our editor before we were starting that you are one of the OGs of the Voices of Search podcast, one of our original guest speakers in a previous life. You work for Search Metrics. Now you're at Square. To what do we owe this pleasure? It's it's great to have you back on the show. Yeah, I found one hour in my calendar just for you. So one hour once a year. That's all we want. And we're going to talk about all sorts of fun SEO topics. Some of the things that you're an expert on. You know, you may or may not be working on them at Square, but you know, really, we just want your advice on a couple of different topics. And we're going to start about one of the big things that I think is really important right now. You know, as the world is becoming more digitally native. Travel has been restricted for a lot of people. There's this little thing called the coronavirus. Uh, you know, people haven't been able to travel internationally. Have you heard of any of these things? I haven't heard of it. Yeah. No. Well, uh, you know, talking about. I've been I've been stuck at home just for no other reason. Just so. coding for yeah. like a full year straight. Well, there's this big virus that's going around, and basically nobody's going into stores. Everybody's buying things through e-commerce, and travel has been restricted pretty significantly. And so. As we move more digital, 
localization is one of the ways that brands have been experimenting. I'm sure that at Square, you've been doing some localization as well. Talk to me about the strategy for localization and, and generally what's your, your go-to-market plan there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's when we talk about website localization and just overall international expansion, first of all, it's a loaded topic, right? It's there, There's so many subsets and subtopics from there that, that you can talk about. But one of the key things is you just have to understand demand for each of the different like new markets that that you're looking to go in, right? So specific demand by specific products, understanding like the competitive, the competitive landscape, competitive scape, and how does that compare from one market to another? And I think a large piece that a lot of folks they get wrong when they think about website localization is they think about website translation, right? So that you could use one specific template, let's say from like US markets or whatever market is your main one, and then just apply it to new markets and think that you're immediately going to have online presence and you're going to start generating sales, revenue and whatnot. But there is a huge aspect of this, which I'm sure we'll talk about, which is how does the process look like to make it unique to a specific market, to a specific industry and a specific group of intent. And this is a thing that I think loads and loads of websites actually miss the mark on. So there's a strategic component here that you're starting with before you get into the actual translation. And we'll talk about some of the technical stuff. Actually, that's going to be our topic for tomorrow. Don't tell anybody. But when we think about strategy for website localization, you mentioned you're looking at your products, you know, trying to figure out what is the match between a new geography and a new product. How much do you think about not only geography, products, sort of the distribution, but also the difference between the user bases and the lifestyle of different places that you might be expanding to? Yeah, I think the first thing that really I would say like comes to mind is, first of all, how does like, let's even say like SEO specific data look like for non-SEO specific data? So when you compare let's say SEO data, whether it's like your own search volume or whether it's a competitive landscape, does that actually align with the sort of like offline or data from other channels that you get? Very often, especially when you go into other markets that may not be like digital first, or even if you go into markets that are digital first, it's going to look completely differently. So your offline competitors are going to be vastly different than your online competitors. Additionally, the way that understanding how people search in these markets and how they talk about your specific product set, is that in line with your expectations? Is that in line with how it's done in, let's say, like in the US or or in your main market? Because if that's not the case, then your strategy, you're going to have to spend a lot more time on your strategy and revamping your strategy for these markets, just because it's going to look, it's going to look completely different. For example, the competitive like landscape you have to understand what's your local competitors versus global competitors. If you look at each and every single individual market, if you see a larger scale of, let's say, local competitors, and you're a company that's not native to that country, you're going to have a harder time stepping into it, first of all, because of like just tactical differences, but also in terms of just like overall brand awareness and brand authority in that specific market. So it's interesting to me that you're talking about not only using search data to gauge what the online competition is, but also the offline competition. Talk to me about the process of doing that research where you're gauging demand. Are you just looking at what I think our existing keyword set is? 
looking at volume per capita, number of searches for the these given keywords and just trying to gauge based on your existing keyword sets? Are you doing some translation up front to try to understand what are people actually searching for? How do you actually gauge that demand? Yeah, yeah, that's a, it's a very good question. It's done in, I mean, I actually don't know how many steps total, but in, in a multitude of different steps. Really, the first one is you want to, you always want to start off with a general framework. And our, in our case, in the work that I've done in the past, the framework is, okay, you've got your English term, right? Or whatever is like the native language that you're starting off with. It could be French, it could be German, it could be English. It doesn't matter, but you're going to start from there, right? Because you always need some sort of anchor point, uh, a starting point. From there, you want to understand what are the one-to-one translations, right? Okay, well, this specific product nomenclature or naming means this product in that language, like in French, for example. So there's going to be a one-to-one element. However, the key thing with localization, and personally, where I think it's a lot more, a lot more interesting, is what are some ways that a specific there could be, let's say, like in English, one term can be said in five different ways in a different language. And that's very true for French. You know, some languages are a lot more descriptive than others or because of like the local elements, let's just say the French market being so different than the English market, one specific term can be said in vastly different ways and that is going to dictate your strategy. But if you only do translation, you're actually going to be missing on these like five additional ways that term can be translated. But if you do true localization and if you do true market research, you're actually going to understand that, okay, well, this specific product can be translated this way in that market, but it also can be said or targeted in these five different ways. So that I would say is probably the biggest thing that you have to take into consideration. Internally, when you work in your organization, you want to partner very closely with your localization team. But for anyone who has like some background in localization, you'll know that everything in localization, most of it is pretty automated. You know, you work with like internal glossary, you work with like internal memory banks, internal like word memories and whatnot. But the thing that occasionally the localization team will not have the capability or to have is this sort of like understanding each and every single elements, different ways to translate a specific term. This is where SEOs can come in because we have the local market knowledge. We have, we understand the competitive landscape and just like two of our arena and we can actually help give that data to localization as well as local markets. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. 
So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. All right, so you're leveraging your SEO data not only to benchmark what your existing user queries are to try to gauge demand, but you're also working with your translation team to basically try to figure out what are some of the other variants and variables that people might be searching for to gauge your demand. How much do you think about user behavior? How much are you researching, you know, what's the difference between the Spanish market and the French market, not only in terms of query volume, but, you know, generally what they're thinking when they make a purchase decision? Yeah, absolutely. And that's where you can, that's where you get into the, a little bit more of like the sort of like web strategy piece of it. A really easy way, and I know it's going to sound a bit rudimentary, but it's literally comparing website navigation across countries. One thing that's super interesting that what I've done in the past is, okay, well, how do folks or how do websites think about solving problems for their users? What sort of terminology? In a lot of markets, like in the French market, they're very solution-based. So you're literally going to see the term solution across the navigation, across everything. It's like in the US, we always look for best blank. Exactly right. right? I yeah. was looking for best under desk walking treadmill this morning, as opposed to just under treadmill walking, under whatever the keyword was. Exactly. exactly. Under desk walking treadmill. Yeah, no, that's exactly correct. And so there's going to be these little, like, just little nuggets in terms of like how things, how things are actually sold that you can pick up from understanding your competitor strategy. Now, I want to be clear that it's like, should your strategy just be based on what competitors are doing? Absolutely not. You need some uniqueness. However, it's using that for directional information. That's like, okay, well, we know in France, they're very solution-based. We know that they're that they're very descriptive, that it's we kind of like longer form information. We know that for for the Spanish market, I forgot what what it was, but it's like they like to show things in like in, in the bigger picture versus in the US market, it might be a little bit different. So you can actually get a lot of that, a lot of these insights from like competitors navigation and competitors homepage as well as all right. So you're starting to think about what your existing query base, you're doing some translation. You're doing a little research on when some of the modifiers are based on market best versus top versus who knows what the other modifiers are in each individual country. So, And then you're working with your, your localization team to try to understand what some of the, the regional differences are in terms of buyer behavior. You've done internationalization projects in your time at Search Metrics. I'm sure that you're managing a website with multiple countries now that you're at Square. For somebody who's starting internationalization for the first time and they're, you know, thinking about where to go to do this, is there checklists? What are the resources that you use? You know, is there a go-to agency? What are some of the ways that you're able to, you know, mm-hmm. figure out internationalization and conduct the strategy, which is can and execute on a strategy, which turns out is relatively complex? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a very good question. There are different ways you can go about it. First of all, I'm lucky enough that. I have a background and degree in, in languages and linguistics. So for me to get into this was, was actually very easy because applying a lot of this knowledge. Right. But for us mere mortals, who do we go talk to? Right. Well, I guess I can say is like, that's one of the benefits. That's the only thing that I still remember from college is like the language aspect. And now, and I'm now able to apply it to, to work anything else, econ and whatnot. Don't remember a clue. But one thing that I will say is local market knowledge is key. If you're an SEO manager, 
at, at a company, whether you're alone or have a small, small team and your company is looking to expand in a new market and you think you could do this on your own, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that you're wrong. It's not going to happen. Even if you hire an agency, that's going to get you maybe 70, 70% of the way there, which is not bad. That's that's fine. So you, if that's your only resource you can't hire internally, then yeah, you'll have to rely on a local agency to give you all the data you're looking for. But the problem and the reason why I say it's only going to get you 70% of the way there is ultimately... And I know it's going to sound a little bit high level, but bear with me on that one, is that only you know your product the best. And I really mean it when I say that is because ultimately the agency's recommendations will never, ever be 100% based on your business because they're not as close to your business as you. So ultimately, my feedback is you have to make sure that you're able to resource and these whether you know it's in these local markets or have someone who understands the local language because... Also, from a bandwidth perspective, it's a lot of work. I mean, as we talked about right now, uh, just already our conversation, we've talked about uh, doing competitive analyses. We've talked about doing, obviously, the local keyword research, but then expanding that keyword research to understand each and every single unique, unique terms. And then there's the technical element that we haven't really talked about. The language element can get into just a massive rabbit hole. So it, it requires a lot and a lot of resources. And that's also something that I will say uh, companies miss. They don't understand that when you launch a new market, you're effectively launching the new website. And Google will see this as a new website. Obviously, your users will. You're going to be able to gain authority from uh, your main site. But ultimately, it's a new market. It's a brand new site. And it should be treated as such. You mentioned at the beginning of this episode that a lot of people think of internationalization. And really what their head goes to is translation. In reality, you know, that's kind of the bare bones, not even table stakes for internationalizing a website moving into a new country. And so, you know, if I'm summarizing some of the things that you're saying is there's really sort of three flavors of internationalization. Diet internationalization, where you take your existing content and you're just translating it into a local language, right? You're just using a translation agency to sort of roll the ball onto the court in a new country. Then you get into maybe hiring an agency, having someone that has uh, some more technical know-how of internationalization. And then the sort of the grande version of this, to use the Starbucks metaphor, the, the Vente version is hiring a local team in-house to start understanding the language, the people, and actually building out a separate property that speaks specific to that country's language. Obviously, there's different costs associated with those three strategies Talk to me about how you gauge which one is right for you and your brand. Yeah, absolutely. So it all has to do with the total addressable market for these countries. So total addressable market, but also languages for these markets. So let me actually start with the latter. Using as an example, if you look at, let's just say we wanted to move into Switzerland. Most people, when they look at Switzerland... Doesn't sound bad. (laughs) It sounds great. It sounds fantastic. You would think of three languages, right? German, French, Swiss German, am I right? Well, technically, yes, Swiss German, you would think French and you think Italian, but that's actually not true. There's actually four languages in Switzerland. There's uh, Romance. So then already there, you need to think internally, say, okay, well, wait a minute. I'm targeting one country, but I'm targeting four languages. These are effectively four different markets with four different needs. Same thing with Belgium. It's Flemish and French. One country, two different markets. So then... 
when you go back to my first comment, which is okay, looking at the total addressable market, what you want to do is, you know, you have your your standard indicators, yeah, whatever population, you know, things like that. But then it's like, okay, well, what's relevant to our business, and then how much total search volume? That's where the SEO data really becomes very interesting because you want to be able to relay the total addressable market that you get from your business team with the SEO data, which is your total search volume. You can also layer in a very high level metric. I hate to say I like to use it, which is Google reach by country. That's paid data, but you can get an idea. That's basically the SEO version of the total addressable market that gives you an idea of how many people are actually using Google in each of these countries in each of these different languages. So with that, you actually have an idea of the opportunity by market, and therefore you can estimate how much you should invest in there. So in some cases, does it, my ideal scenario is like you want an SEO manager in each of these countries. Maybe not. If you have like a country that's, that has a lower TAM or lower population, you could potentially service that and like recoup some cost. And just have that just done with the agency instead of having like an individual manager. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's not only a strategic decision to expand into a different market, but you're also adjusting your costs and the resources you have based on what the business optics are, what the business metrics look like, how big is the addressable market, how likely do we think the consumers of that market are going to be to adopt our products or service, what's our LTV. Obviously, it's a complicated process thinking about expanding to a different market, building new websites or a different version of your existing website. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the dynamics of actually doing enterprise-level international expansion in our next episode. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks to Sebastian Edgar, Global SEO Lead at Square, for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Sebastian and I are going to talk about enterprise international expansion. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Sebastian, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can visit his personal consulting site, which is seoseb.com. And for the record, I twisted Sebastian's arm. The website is under construction, but you could still use the contact us form if you'd like. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to voicesofsearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. If you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of 
of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed. We're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data. Thank you.